0: The Rams roll into Week Two. They take on Washington at the Coliseum, a chance for their first two and start since 2001. Ah, okay. That's Demarco Farr. He's been chewing on that question since we before we came on air. Kurt
1: Warner was the quarterback,
0: and that year it's been that
1: long in the final game in the Super Bowl when and when Brady and uh, Venneteri beat him. That was that's how long it's been. That's how
0: long it's been? My that's God. the opportunity ahead of the Rams this weekend. Wow in Los Angeles. Good evening, everyone. I'm J.B. Long with DeMarco. Maurice Jones-Drew is here with us as well. The lead story this week, Aaron Donald scheduled to play. He is with the Rams. He is practicing, but the defensive tackle still has not agreed on a long-term contract. Gentlemen, how much would you try to play him in his return against Washington?
2: I'm going to – if it's me, you're there, you're available. We're gonna, <laughs> I would have played him last week, to be honest. I would have put him out there on third downs. I, I, I think, again, you know – uh, as dominant as that defense was last week.
1: Oh, he would have killed him.
2: It would have been unbelievable with Aaron Donald. So I, I think this week, uh, you, you have to be mindful, though, of what, how you use him because obviously he hasn't been there for training camp. He he is in shape, but uh, you want to make sure his legs are underneath him. So you want to get him in there uh, probably a couple first and second downs, but you want to mainly have him there to pass rush on third downs so if you can get him that
0: third and uh, medium to third and long. D. Far, how long until true football shape arrives? I He's mean, ready now. You think?
1: Yeah. He's ready now. I mean, give him a week of practice, he could play. Um, I think uh, right at the end of preseason, somebody asked me, look, uh, when is your cutoff date? I said, if he's not here by Monday, he's not going to play that following Sunday. It's just not possible. Um, But if he's here working out with the team, going through reps, uh, going through a padded practice, he'll be ready by Sunday. The guy's in phenomenal shape. So... Um, I hope we see him on Sunday. I don't know how this is going to play out.
0: He did not shed much light, if any, in his first media availability on Wednesday. Uh, in terms of his contract situation, in terms of really his mental state, I think, coming into this week. Can he be the best defensive player in football if he's even moderately disgruntled?
1: I don't think so. I think you've got to be 100% locked in. I mean, he's got talent, but I mean, you've got to have the focus to go with it. And um, you can't have anything else distracting you, and this is a big distraction. But he's got to go through this. This is business. You've got to give this as much time as the the player side of, of, of Aaron Donald. But I know this, guys, it's got to be killing him. This is the first September, probably since he was eight years old, that he's not playing football at this time of year. And it's got to be killing him. So he's putting pressure on his own representation to get this deal done. I want to play football now. But like you said, you, you, you've you got to go through this business side and, and clear this whole thing first.
2: I, I think that's a great uh, plan by him and his his representatives. Though You don't ever talk business in the media, right? That, that has to be handled behind closed doors. Once it gets out in the media, uh, you get – different voices and that don't need to be involved in the situation. Um, but again, I, I feel like because the guard position is so bad in the NFL right now, mm-hmm. the, the guard play is so bad that you can get an Aaron Donald that he may have his contract on his mind. He can still dominate the league. Um, and, and, and it's it's because he's talented, yes, and he still is motivated, right? Because if you're not paying me and I'm out here, I might as well go get this work done and, and raise the price, one. Uh, or two, the guy across from him is just that bad. And True. so when you look across the league, the guard position is the guard play is horrendous uh, and so:
0: On paper though, Washington's line is not bad. Trent Williams at tackle is very, very good. Uh, Brandon Scherf is coming off his first yeah. pro Bowl. Spencer Long at center is, is in a contract year, so he's dialed in. Maybe you lean towards uh, Sean Laval at, yes. at left guard rather than right guard.:
1: At the beginning of the year, I put them just under Dallas. No, maybe way. Oakland. You can't no, just no, just under as as like the best O lines in the in the, in the league and the NFC. I thought they were really really good, but tell you that have them to better the, than Philly. Tell that to the Eagles. The Eagles absolutely handled them no, I'm last just saying, week. Like
2: Philly had, they have two bookend tackles. Got, yeah, I mean, gonna talk about this later. Yeah, it, I, it, mean, gr- I
1: mean, I I'm giving them props as as having a great offensive line, a good offensive line, but. They didn't play that well last week. Everybody you just mentioned got their butt handed to them at some at various points in that game last week.
0: Uh, Cousins sacked four times, fumbled twice. Fletcher, Clo- Fetcher- Fletcher Cox, easy for me to say, returns one for a touchdown. Now they have to turn around and see a fresh Aaron Donald. I hope. <laughs> uh, and,
2: uh, I mean, you talk about Aaron Donald, Robert Quinn. Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, you have guys, they're still able to get... To the quarterback, and even if they don't get to the quarterback, the, the pass coverage last week was phenomenal covering T.Y. Hilton and and Dante Moncrief. And then you talk about Terrell Pryor, who hasn't been he really didn't show much in week one either.
0: Uh, just to put it yeah. into a kind of numerical framework here, what a difference can Aaron Donald make? I mean, I think we already know it. He uh, only nine players in the league have more sacks than his 28 and over the, the last eight three eight seasons, and they're all outside. They're all <laughs> right. outside. That's last year, he led the league in QB hits and tackles for loss. But since he was drafted, the Rams have averaged a sack on 7.3% of all pass attempts when he's on the field. When he's not, it drops to 47
1: He's a monster, man. I mean, even when it's not his turn to make the play. I mean, when you do single him up, outside, when he's on the outside shoulder of the guard, and you leave him one-on-one with that guy, I don't know why you would. He absolutely fillets that guy. When they send the slide, and he's got the double, and he takes the A-gap because he's supposed to, it frees everyone else up to go one-on-one. And when you have a Quinn out there, and when you have a William Hayes that was here, and now a Connor Barwin, when they're singled up, they do their job. It's just, you can't get away from Aaron Donald. This is why I say, I mean, I might even pick him over J.J. Watt to be the, the most destructive force in the in the National Football League because sometimes you can get away from Watt by where he lines up. Where Donald lines up, there's no way to get around him. You have to deal with that.
2: I think you hit that on the head. I, I played against JJ Watt a ton, and he he gets to pick and choose his battles. Yeah, which is it's unique. It's unique in this league that a guy can move from the one technique, three technique, five, seven, anywhere he wants, uh, both sides of the line. Uh, but with Aaron, I think uh, he allows his defense. He gives him a different gear, a different level to play at. When you you don't have to worry about the running back chipping Robert Quinn or Connor Barwin. Or, or Ethan Westbrooks or, or Brockers or whoever's in there because guess what yeah. the focus is on him and he's still winning at that position right so you can put two guys on him he's still winning which it makes it tough I, I just remember I just go back to we were playing Seattle and he remember we were calling the game JB and, and DeMarco and he made a play and I want to say someone fumbled the running back fumbled or something and he like bear crawled to like scoop it up and kick whatever, whatever but he was getting double teamed at that point or triple smart yeah and still was able to make a play so uh, when you have a guy like that, it changes the dynamic not only of your defense, but it gets your your offense the ball back in prime situations to go out there and score touchdowns.
0: He said yesterday when he spoke to the media, Aaron Donald was a man of few words. Here's what his head coach had to say in terms of setting expectations for AD in Week 1.
3: He was exactly like you would expect. He looked fast, looked fresh, uh, looked like the player that you've seen, uh, didn't look like he missed the beat, and uh, it was good to have him back out there. And Great demeanor. Guys were excited to have him back. He's all smiles because he loves football, so uh, nothing but positive things there.
1: My thought: I you got no to. choice. <laughs> you got no choice to play if you're Donald. Your head after
3: hearing that. From after hearing that coach, from your head after coach,
1: being
0: listed as the one on the depth chart, you've got no choice.
2: I, I, I'll give you a, a second. Uh, you always have a choice. You always have a choice in this situation. But I think. Aaron understands, and I, I don't know Aaron that way. I just I've been around him a little bit here, and I've seen the way those guys gravitate towards him. That 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 pulls on you when your teammates yeah. are looking at you like, "Hey, we want you to go out there and make plays." Uh, again, that, I think that business side is going to take care of itself once he goes out there and gets a sack or three. This week, I think it's going to be like, okay, yeah, we need to get this done, and they'll get it done probably by Monday
0: next week. We've hit our first break here, but it wasn't all good in the Week 1 victory against the Colts. We'll talk about some of the things the Rams need to clean up as they prepare for Washington, plus other observations from the Week 1 win. The top-scoring team in the National Football League after one weekend, the Los Angeles Rams. Back with more on Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710.
3: I asked you guys
0: who you thought would score the first Rams touchdown oh, yeah. this year, and Travis went right to Cooper Cup, which Cop. is a savvy pick because the two right. games he's played, he's found the end zone twice. I would have I said Tremaine uh, Johnson. Johnson, you think so? Yeah. Tremaine. 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 You think they're going to score on defense first? Yeah. Pick right. six. Yeah. There I yeah. like the call. Eric Davis on our pregame show last Sunday at the Coliseum before week one, going with a defensive yeah, no. touchdown, Tremaine Johnson and the recently named captain, does house it for the first Rams touchdown of 2017. So props to ED.
2: JB, I need him to show his work. You just can't give me the answer. This is like math class. Wow. You just can't just give me the answer. Show me why. Tell me why. <laughs> you, know, you know what he, he would, would show
0: you? A little. Scott Tolzien? A little napkin
1: <laughs> with Scott
2: Tolzien's name and number written on the back. <laughs> room. Oh, my goodness. I can't Cold believe it. Colts still
0: haven't decided if he's going to start this week or they're going to go with Brissett. You, you yeah, know how many he picks does. he should have had? Well, McElroy oh. oh, Roby Coleman should have had a had a house call, a, a too. Six. I mean, yeah, if he should' not get his head ripped or. off on that face mask, the that's a
1: three. The uh, after uh, the running back got knocked out of bounds, that should have been reviewed.
0: The, the yeah. rub play on the goal line. The rub play. Where that was a pick Tremaine gets six. hands on it.
1: Wow. Are you playing the game or just running plays? You know that's that's I'm I'm standing down there watching them. You had no idea what was going on, and mm-hmm. you still threw it to that spot. Wow! I,
2: I just wish Tremaine would have got both hands on it. Yeah, it would have been, you would have really had all pro
0: honor. You had everything after we won.
1: Sometimes it's like shocking when you can't believe it's like right there. No, I, yeah,
0: I, you can't be shocked. In <laughs> so in this segment, we're going to get into some things that the Rams need to clean up between weeks one and two. Still ahead, we've got four down territory. We'll get a preview of Washington coming to town. We'll also go inside the numbers, talk receivers and Jared Goff, plus around the NFC West. All the Latest with uh, the hurting Arizona Cardinals, uh, but first, kind of let's just let's continue to bask in the glory of Week One. On the positive side, give me something that stuck with you from Sunday here until midweek.
2: I've always been a big component of if a team is bad, beat them accordingly. Um, that's throughout from Little League all the way to the highest level of any sport, any type of competitive atmosphere. If you're playing an opponent that's not worthy, you have to show that respect by beating them by that amount. So putting up 46, uh, no matter how you get it there, highest scoring uh, in the league for that week one, that's huge.
0: So when someone says, wow, was week one about the Rams being much improved, are the Colts without Andrew Luck really that bad? You say, does not care. It doesn't they scored
2: 46. There you go. And then that tells you that you are on the right path.
1: Uh, I was going to say special teams. That, that yeah, always stands out. One. Johnny Hecker, always. Um, I think punt returns are going to come with Tavon Austin as, as they get better and get more reps because I don't think he's taken a punt return in preseason. That would have been his first rep. So that's going to get better. But defensively, I, I thought you played to your strengths and realized what you had in front of you and you, you planned accordingly and executed accordingly. Offensively, I thought the game plan was sound. I thought the game, the way they called the game was perfect. Now, The Rams made mistakes, penalties, whatnot. Um, Some guys got tired. Their technique suffered. But if you look at the play calling and how they attacked the entire field, I thought that was... Letter perfect.
0: Uh, To your first point there, 0 for third down were the Colts. They also missed a fourth down. Zero yards given up in the return game. So kudos to Zerline for booting everything out the back of the end zone. And Heckers, I mean, he gets a contract extension this week. Not only is he just dropping them inside the 20, he's sidewinding balls. Now he's dropping punts sideways. Yeah,
1: I thought he mishit
0: it. I, no. did. I did I didn't know yeah. that he planned to do that. I thought he mishit it.
1: What, and he uh, winked at me. Like this? wink wink. And then next I hear about the text from McAfee. Yes. And now I get it. Oh, you're doing
2: yeah. that on purpose. Yeah, they yeah. said Pat McAfee said he had the, to have the testicular fortitude to do that. The banana you, shot. Yeah. If you miss it, he said it's over. It's so it's, it's yeah. done. Right. So, that's awesome. I, I think the things that I, for me with the Rams need to are the Rams need to work on uh, I, we have to get more efficient in the running game. I don't need the big plays, even though I th- I feel like Todd. Uh, if those big runs that he had weren't called back, they would end up being efficient. Yeah, but it still wasn't four yards a carry. Or I just need you. Don't you, to you think me- he's
0: a big play back though?
2: yeah but I you know in order to get those big plays, you have to be efficient and he needs more uh, holes run. I felt like they didn't run enough outside zone to the weak side mm-hmm. to uh, to the left side to be honest with you uh with this Whitworth being the only guy out there not the tight end uh similar to what we saw Justin Davis excel in uh, in week one of the preseason, I feel like that's your mainstay right now and you have to be able to utilize that to the best of your ability to get tied in space it's
1: funny um I was watching a uh tutorial with alex gibbs the 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 guru of zone blocking and chopping and whatnot, and he's showing you 10 or 12 plays. And some of these, this is TD back in the day, and he's ripping off long runs. And he likes these. He likes these. The one he loved gained seven yards. He says that's the one that's going to kill you on game day, like he's talking about, those seven-yard slash plays that you can just get time and time and time and time again. So I see where he's coming from. Um, It just seems like you had 10 or 9 doing it right and maybe two guys that weren't, and
0: that killed the play. But is Todd one of those two, or is Todd blameless in this again? No, I thought he
1: did a great job. I
2: thought he, yeah. he ran where he was supposed to go, yeah. um, and and that's really as a running back what you can do. So you talk about uh, Coach Gibbs. I was with uh, Terrell Davis. We we do a show at NFL Network, and we were talking about that. That the whole the zone scheme isn't to break the sixty yarder. It's to it's to literally have eighteen yard plays, mm-hmm. eighteen like eighteen yard scoring drives. So we want our eighteen play scoring drives. I am sorry. So you want to go chip, 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 chip. Chip, rush keep your defense and just keep. All right, Which he means got I'm him tired, tired, yeah. tired, and, tired. Then, and then you
0: play action one or boot out. of right, it. Right. and, you hit and
2: then in the fourth quarter, that's when your big runs come. And so I thought we saw that with Todd. It just they were going two, three, one, two negative, and then Todd hit a 12 yard or 20 yard. then there's a penalty, right? So you have to clean that up and just be a little bit more efficient. That's just me being picky and being greedy. You know what
0: strikes me, though, hearing you say that, is it's remarkable how well the Rams' offense was able to stay on schedule, mostly through Jared Goff in the passing game. When you're not chipping away like that, to not see a lot of third down and longs, because that was not the case on Sunday, is kind of impressive with the efficiency of the passing game given the lack of running game. That's
2: that Sammy Watkins effect, I feel like.
0: Yeah. They're playing off. You've I mean, got a problem out yeah, there. Yeah, you have yeah. him. That's an extension of the running game? Yeah.
2: Well, it has to be right now until you can get going. Because, again, you have a guy that can run past anyone. So that's going to scare most DVs. So you're throwing hitches out, right. flats. And guys are getting the ball, and they're turning up, and they're giving you five yards. Really, on those short passing plays, you just want to get a guy literally, you know, give me six yards. If I throw the two-yard route to you, turn up and give me six. Right. That's all we're looking for. We don't need you to score and do those things because they're trying
0: to wear down the defense. Uh, DeMarco, you made a good point in game and then following the game that there are a couple of people trying to make at-the-line adjustments offensively. One was the head coach, yeah, and the other was Cooper Cup, the rookie, who you wouldn't necessarily expect to be doing it. Do you expect those kind of pre-snap alignment, false start issues to continue in a week, two, or is that just a simple, hey, now we've done it live?
1: Well, we did the coach's show. Um, I, I think he understands what went wrong with the running game and, and with the offense in particular. So there's going to be a more of an emphasis on an attention to detail. So you're going to have those hiccups. Um, but when you see guys like Andrew Whitworth, you know, false, false starting. starting. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going
0: on, and it's early. And Todd Gurley doing it after he ends yeah. and goes wide.
1: There's a, yeah. there's a lot going on right now. There's a lot to learn, and and remember that's just week one. Um, so it's going to take I think through the first quarter of the season NFL wide right. for these offenses to really start to gel. Yeah, we call
2: that swimming. Yeah. I mean, you got so much going on. You don't know what's going on. You're right. like, guys are lining up the wrong ploy. And it's a lot. Again, when you learn your first offense, you have to really be you know, dialed in because a coach may call a play that you never went over all week. And he feels like that's a staple in his game plan that he could call any time he wants to. So there's little things I think they can grow. I think DeMarco hit on the head that they'll get better. And then when you see week 10, You'll, you'll stop seeing those things. But a lot of teams are having those
0: issues as well. But they're definitely gonna, I love Cooper Cup, though. Yeah. I mean, and Gerald Everett, too. I will yeah. say that if if you're swimming, to have your rookies be ready to make an impact like they each did uh, was really impressive.
2: Well, I think the other thing with those guys is they have a limited – they have packages, right? So, so Cooper, they're dialed in. They're on dialed this, in, yeah. on like especially Gerald Everett. He has a package that he comes in. You need to know your seven plays when yeah. you go in. Now Cooper Cup may be a little bit different because he has to play he may if a guy gets goes down. I think he can play quarterback play. in a pinch. I think if you need a third quarterback, Cooper's
0: your guy. Yes. I think he knows Heartbeat. to play both forward and back. A uh, quick question on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously they're gonna see a much better quarterback this weekend, right? Kirk Cousins. Yes, he, uh, he, I would agree. He, he can I at know. least throw from the opposite hash to the far sideline with some zip and get the ball there.
1: Yes, he's he's known beating the
0: Rams. Yeah,
1: yeah. my question
0: <laughs> is the only real injury concern as of right now for Week Two would be Kayvon Webster. His shoulder. We'll see how that turns out. But could the Rams successfully roll with Nikhil Roby, Coleman, Joiner, Co- Cody Davis, maybe filling in at safety?
1: <laughs> I'd say yeah, if, for this team, because you still have Tremaine Johnson that can match up with their giraffe out there, yeah. and then you can fill in around. But you're going to need those two big corners at some point, but I think you can get away with it for
0: another week.
2: You can get away with it for another couple weeks. A lot of teams don't have two wide receivers, two number big one ones, guys. right big.
0: So San Francisco go... doesn't scare you.
2: No, 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 no. No. Um, and, and so I, I really I, Dallas doesn't scare me. I, I think you you put Tremaine on on Des, and then those other guys are guys, and so you just have to continue to. To, to get Tremaine better and, and get pressure on the quarterback. I Correct. think your your biggest uh test this week is gonna be you have to get after Trent Williams, you have to get after uh, Sheriff. If you if you get after those two guys, you'll you'll be able to rattle Kirk Cousins and he'll throw you the ball a ton.
0: DeMarco Far, Maurice Jones Drew, JB Long, this is Rams All Access. We'll go four down territory with a look inside Washington camp on the other side on ESPN LA seven ten. Time now for 4 Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory, and we check in with John Kime, who covers Washington for ESPN NFL Nation. John, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. So real straightforward here off the top. How much is Washington missing Sean McVay?
3: I've known Sean for a long time. From the entire time he was at the Redskins, you could see his impact, his growing impact. Um, You knew that how much players liked his offense, and it was also Jay Gruden's offense. Uh, you, I know how pivotal he was in Kirk Cousins' development as a quarterback, um, and I know that Cousins and McVay are both very detail-oriented guys who like to over-prepare. But they're a good fit. As many fans as are McVeigh, I think they have some other things that they're missing as well. But, I mean, he was a talented guy, and anytime you lose a talented guy, it hurts.
0: The other piece of this is that Cousins' performance, at least locally, has been blamed on the distraction of his contract or lack thereof. Is that fair or foul?
3: Yeah, no, I haven't heard that too much, to be honest. I and mean, as far as his week one performance goes, he went through this last year, and. It it didn't have any impact. I mean, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He's capable of really bad games because we've seen them. He's capable of really good games because we've seen those as well. So that's why he's kind of a good quarterback. So to blame anything on the contract is just, would be hard to back up.
0: The other piece that stood out to me watching the game against the Eagles is Jordan Reed didn't get as many touches as we might have thought in the opener. Reports are he's been bothered by a toe. What can you tell us?
3: Yeah, his toe is is fine. I mean, he had the sprained toe. He had told me a month or so ago that there was a fracture along with it. Um, He's got cleats that are wider now, so his toe is more comfort in there. He said it's fine. Jay Gruden has said it's fine. Um, in fact the one he thought, Gruden thought that one of the issues last week was he was a little bit too quick in and out of his break. So it, if it has an impact, it's minimal.
0: I want to finish with uh, a question about the defense. And there are more ties between the franchises and their coaching staffs than just Sean McVay. Uh, Coach Barry was a defensive coordinator. Aubrey Pleasant, another tie to Washington. What's new on defense this year for Washington besides Jonathan Allen, a top pick?
3: I'll start in the secondary. DJ Swearinger is new, and I think he's done a nice job. I think he's a good addition. Um you have that Jonathan Allen up front. Zach Brown at linebacker I think made a really good impact last week, even though they lost and they gave up twenty three points on on defense. I thought he played well and, and he's athletic and fast. And I think then you look at the overall scheme and that's where Greg Minuski took over for Joe Barry. The last difference, I think the addition of Jim Tom Sula as a line coach, I think will be a will pay dividends because um, they struggled. They struggled with their line for a few years. Um, I think Tom Sula is a major upgrade, and I think that's one area where I think they'll benefit um, down the line, especially.
0: John Kahn covers Washington for ESPN and the NFL Nation. Thanks for joining us for Four Down Territory and safe travels out here to the West Coast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
3: Oh, that
1: just scared me. He, uh, he mentioned Jim Tom Sula. I forgot all about that. That he's in Washington. Um, he's going to have a plan for this whole line. Um, I was talking to Mike Purcell when he was here because he had Jim Tomsula in San Francisco. And I said, how long were your D-line meetings? And he looked at me and laughed because he's notorious for having two-and-a-half, three-hour D-line meetings. And 15 minutes is on football. The rest is on life and you. Um, There's going to be a good plan for for this Rams offensive line this Sunday coming out of Washington. I forgot all about that guy. Oh, my goodness.
2: I I, I still think the Rams have the upper hand Because? because Coach McVay knows that offense. He knows those players; he knows what those players can and can't do on defense and how to attack them. I mean that is always the scariest thing is when you have a coach that played that that was with you and then went somewhere else because they know your weaknesses and your strengths and from practice
0: so you think it's easier for Sean to change his tendencies, whether from Washington or even from what he showed week one, to adjust something there so that Washington's not ready for him, whereas a player can't change his weakness season-to-season season or week-to-week? Uh,
2: I just remember uh, we, we, we scrimmaged Atlanta Falcons, and uh, mm-hmm. Mike Smith had just got the head coaching job up there, and so he knew everything that we could do. Um, at that point, I was w- learning how to run routes. And so one of the things that they would always do is they're like, don't press them because I can beat people off press. That was easy. It was me beating you when you're off. Uh, being able to be have run precise routes so we're out there and it's practice but every linebacker that I went against most linebackers press you because they feel like they're not fast enough they're gonna you know no one has they don't have good enough feet every last one of them was seven yards off me and it was just like all right you know, and you're going to see what you hate. You're, yeah. you're yeah. going to see because they, they know they've been in there in those situations and they know he knows what that offensive line can do. So he's definitely talking to yeah. Phillips about it. He knows what that defensive line can do. And so, you know, people don't remember coaches take notes on players all the time.
1: It took me a minute to realize that because we had in my career, I think we had four old line coaches and they all went other places to stop telling them what I think about playing D-line. Because they're not going to be on your team oh. for that much longer, you know what I mean? Right. And they're going to use that information against you. Yeah. It's weird. Um the sets that I hate always came out against other O line coaches that used to be with us at yeah. some point. Yeah. Crazy.
0: DeMarco, on Monday when we were with Coach McVay, though, there it seemed like he would be willing to pass a note over to the defensive side and the defensive coaches, but he didn't want to overload them for fear of I guess he'd rather have them play free and fast without maybe that extra tidbit than thinking about something they're supposed to remember about a Washington player.
1: If you had a first, second, or less than 10-year defensive coordinator, sure, slide the note. I don't think you have to worry with Wade Phillips. Uh, I don't think Jay Gruden or anybody is going to run anything that he hasn't seen, any sort of plays or combinations or philosophies that he hasn't seen in what? How many years now? 70? Yeah, I mean, in, in the National Football League. A thousand. Well, Where he? Yeah. he
2: was born, his dad was coaching. Right, right? so he. I, I just think for me, it's not necessarily the schematic part of it. It's it's the matchup, right? There's there's guys that he knows what they can and can't do, regardless of he knows what what Kirk Cousins is really oh, good yeah. at and what he's not. He knows what uh, Trent Williams struggles at and what he doesn't. Right for the defensive aspect, he knows what Jordan Reed is good at and what he's not. So you can take advantage of those by not necessarily passing notes but saying this is where the, these are because every, every team has meetings. They have personnel meetings all the time, and scouts talk. I guarantee you Coach McVay went in there and was like, look, this is what this guy can do, this is what he can do,
0: and this is what, how we need to take advantage of him Part of the reason why Philadelphia was able to get to Kirk Cousins and batter him the way they did is because Washington established nothing on the ground. They only ran the ball 13 times for 34 yards outside of their quarterback. Cousins was their leading rusher with four carries for 30.
1: Yeah, that's an issue. You couldn't get him blocked. Fletcher Cox is a monster. Um, That's why I keep saying, I keep going back, I hope Aaron Donald plays. If he does, uh, because I think Aaron Donald is better than Fletcher Cox, and Fletcher Cox looked like the most dominant player in the league last week versus this line.
0: Here's the other thing, too. Does Washington miss Sean McVay? Absolutely. I'm sure they do. Now that we know him and what he brings to a locker room, of course. But I think you would admit they probably miss Pierre Garçon, and another 1,000 yard receiver in Deshaun Jackson, just a little bit. Well, more.
2: we talked about that before the show, and that's never. You said that's never happened. Never has a team lost two 1,000 yard
0: receivers in the same offseason.
2: Yeah, that, that's it <laughs> there's a front office that needs. To, like you can't do that.
0: It should and it should only be one time ever. It yeah. should never happen again. Uh, now they're left with Reed, who we mentioned, Davis, Pryor, Ryan Grant, uh, Dachshins there, and then Doxon, another is Doxon former Rams. Quick. Uh, he's basically going to have to earn his reps is is what it sounds like
2: I mean it um, seems like he's been beat up since he's gotten well, he, the league. like
1: something prior was one big catch away from having a pretty good day if you catch that that deep ball it's a touchdown that whole game changes
0: yeah I, the uh, the margin on that week 1 game Philadelphia yeah. and Washington not representative of how closely that game played I agree was played. right All right, another break here. Next, we're going to go inside the numbers. Some interesting statistics on Jared Goff and also his wide receiver snap counts. That's next on Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710. A double dose of Inside the Numbers this week on Rams All Access. Here's a freebie. It has to do with Jared Goff and throwing downfield. Part of his career-high 306 passing yards in Week 1 against the Colts was what he did beyond 15 yards downfield. 7 of 8 through the air, 181 of those yards, and a touchdown on throws beyond 15 yards. To put that in context, last season he completed less than 36% of those passes downfield with distance, 10 of 28, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, gentlemen, as we welcome you back to Rams, all access to Marco Far, Maurice Jones, Drew, J.B. Long. Did you like what Sean McVay did early with using tempo to keep the defense on the field and give Jared some rhythm throws early?
2: I've always been excited when you you can use different tempos. You know, uh, it catches a, it keeps the defense off guard. It keeps them on their heels where they can't be so aggressive. But what, what I guess impressed me more, surprised me more, is the way they used Tavon Austin. They had a package for him. It was a fly sweep. Mm-hmm. It was a tailback. And then they they faked a swipe fly sweep and then threw the ball to uh, Ty Gurley on the screen. Then they came back and faked this fly sweep again and then went downfield with a deep pass. He has packages for certain people in certain situations that he can throw out there. And when you can do that the defense doesn't know what to expect.
0: Perfect segue. Didn't even plan it, but what we wanted to talk about next and in inside the numbers was wide receiver snap count breakdown because Robert Woods led the way, 66. C- Cooper Cup actually on the field, the next most, 60% of offensive plays. Sammy Watkins, 58. Farrow Cooper, 34. Josh Reynolds, the rookie, 26. Tavon, who you mentioned, only 11%. So it was a very limited package for someone who missed the entire offseason.
1: I- I'm thinking Josh Reynolds and probably Farrow. Some of those... Reps are going to be sacrificed for more Sammy Watkins, more Tavon Austin as we get going. Um, but I mean, that could always change if those guys actually start to make plays. Look, I think it's all out there, but Woods and Cup to be your base players, your post players, the guys that don't come off the field. We, we, we assume that. Um, but at some point, Sammy Watkins, I would bet is going to be your bell cow receiver on, on the outside, the guy you go to more often than not.
2: I, I, and we have to remember the, the, the Rams put their backups in for what? two quarters a quarter and a half so they 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 took a lot of guys off especially when you have a guy who's been injury prone like Sammy Sammy Watkins you don't want to just expose him if he doesn't need to be out there so you're going to pull him off but i think if the game was much closer or or, or this week where i feel like the game would be obviously much closer than it was last week Uh, you're going to see guys still in there battling and playing.
0: One of my favorite ways to evaluate receivers is yards gained per route run. How often are you on the field? How often are you on the field for passing downs? And then can the quarterback get it to you? Can you get open and and attract the interest of the quarterback Mm -hmm. and then convert on the play? Cooper Cup in one professional game, 3.17 yards per route run. To put that in context – Julio Jones led the NFL in that category in 2016 at 3.12. Oh boy! So you don't can't tease you, me now. you can't you can't <laughs> compare a rookie debut in just one game to a full NFL season. But his impact was but the same. You don't yeah. think of Cooper Cup as someone who's going to make big chunk plays necessarily. He's kind of Mr. Reliable underneath. And yet, imagine if he didn't have that drop on the NFL logo at midfield.
2: Oh my! He could have run that thing
0: all the way to Rams headquarters mm-hmm. in Agora. So he would have been way north of 3.17, which is what he finished with.
2: Yeah. You know, again, I, I think he's the uh, – I, I don't know how, how you would explain it, but it's like he is their playmaker, but you have to account for Todd Gurley. You have to account for Sammy Walks. They have bigger names right now. And so it's going to allow him to go ahead and do all the dirty work and get open and get yeah. – I mean, really, that that touchdown, he literally ran past three guys, and they didn't move. The corner was like, "What are y'all doing?" Right. Like, well, you see this guy run by you, but they, 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 there's
0: no respect. And there the right safety now. was yeah. playing downhill the whole time. He exactly. had no intention to cover Cooper.
1: Exactly. The better the offense gets, and the better the play calling is, and it was great. I think Cooper Cup's going to have a fantastic season. Um, the better Jared Goff gets, I think the better the other two will become, Sammy Watkins, yeah, you know, and, and Robert Woods. Uh, as he gets better, more accurate, more velocity, and understands what's happening, I think he starts. Not forcing the ball, but taking more chances with those guys. But as a function of the offense, Cooper Cup is going to be where he's supposed to be uh, as a function of the play that's called. So at some point, he's going to manipulate that safety, that linebacker, and boom, he's going to be wide open for those shots down the field.
0: You know, we talked about the lack of efficiency in the running game. We know that Todd was great in the screen game, in the passing game, but last year... It did not feel like the Rams had any chance of succeeding on offense or winning a game if Todd wasn't making plays in the running game. This year, because of all the other weapons and all the other styles that you just mentioned, it seemed like as long as Todd is attracting attention and commanding respect in the box, there's going to be space and opportunity to get your points other ways.
2: I know we're in L.A., so I'm going to give you a basketball analogy. Cooper Cup is like the power forward. Okay. He's just a really good power forward. They don't get a lot of love because they're not fancy. They don't do too many crazy things. But they're always there. They're always going to make plays, and he's going to score a touchdown. He's going to win you games. He's not Sammy Watkins, who is, has the name like, uh, you know.
1: Like Julio. Uh, yeah, like yeah. Julio
2: or or obviously Todd Gurley, top ten pick, and and had an amazing rookie year, and he's coming back, and there has been so much attention on him, or all the all the things going on. So when you have a lot of pieces around, it's hard for a defense to key on one thing. I mean, Robert Woods is is I feel like it's the same as uh, Cooper Cup.
0: Sometimes you forget he's even part of this offense, and then you look at his numbers at the end of the day, and he's, and he's moving he's, chains exactly. Yeah, so they, they
2: they're utilizing these guys uh, to their strengths, and they're doing a great job of of continuing to, to convert on third downs, which is huge. So you get more, more obviously, uh, access to get more plays. Yeah. But uh, th- I think, again, Jared has to be a facilitator. He has to be the, the manager at target. He has to make sure everybody's where they're supposed to be, and they make sure, okay, I'm going to give you a little bit more work here. Okay, I'm going to give you some work over there. And as long as you keep doing that and everyone's happy and everyone's doing a good job, the Rams will be tough to stop.
1: Yeah, to, to your point about Todd Gurley, I think as the league starts to respect Jared more, it's going to open up for Todd yeah but you're right he's attracting a lot of attention and I think that's great for the rest of the offense but at some point it's going to loosen up for him
0: I think it already is and, and I'll give you a number week one Todd faced eight or more defenders in the box on just over ten percent of his carries last year that number was twenty five and a half percent ridiculous of his carries yeah so, I mean they've already have that number in terms of loading the box against Todd
1: I, I think you can tell that or at least I can from down there in the way he's running. Um, if it doesn't work, he's not down on himself and I mean he's just an eyelash away for me from getting out on a few oh. of those plays.
2: I mean from where we were, he was he was a step he yeah. was stepping out of stuff. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean just the to, to, to see him step out of that that uh we caught a, a little check down, shook both guys and stepped out of it. Yeah. That we had we didn't see that last year.
0: Yeah, that got them in the third and manageable on, yeah. the, on the first down they were able to convert. Uh this week's Rams all access poll question was a little bit uh, cheeky. Will Cooper Cup score a touchdown in every game of his career, including the preseason? He's three for three so far. Yes, He fell on one in the opener against the Cowboys. He He scored on a catch in Oakland, and he picked one up in his regular season debut. So here here are the options. Yes, that drew 45%. No, sometimes he's going to score two or three touchdowns in that game. (laughs) That got 55%. So uh, a lot of belief wow. in Cooper Cup after this one game. But rookies across the NFL thrive. This could mm-hmm. be the year of the rookie. Over 1,300 scrimmage yards and 10 total touchdowns in Week 1 for offensive rookies. That was a new NFL record, both categories, since the merger. So whether it's Kareem Hunt... Uh, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Cooper Congrats Cup, Gerald Everett doing their part here in Los Angeles. A good start for this rookie class on offense. One more break here. A lot to talk about in the NFC West. There's a division game plus a major injury that has implications for the Rams. We'll wrap it up on Rams All Access. Looking ahead to Week 2 against Washington on ESPN LA 710. On Week 1, the LA Rams outscored the rest of the NFC West combined 46-35. to The Rams' defense alone outscored San Francisco and Seattle combined with those two defensive touchdowns plus the safety. See more and sit closer with Vivid Seats. An official partner of the Los Angeles Rams, visit vividseats.com. Backslash Rams today to reserve your official ticket, travel, and VIP tailgate package to the next game. The next game is this Sunday against Washington, but we look around the NFC West. The Cardinals at 0-1 go to Indianapolis to face the Colts, who we saw last week. David Johnson out 12 weeks for a team that was looking to bounce back from a great 2015, disappointing 16. How does this change the course of their season? Uh,
2: that wasn't going to do anything. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I firmly believe that, and I've said this all offseason, Carson Palmer is, is going to be the answer. either He's going to be the answer or the problem. And right now he's looking like the problem.
1: Either um, way is the answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, Good it's, or bad. It,
2: it, like. David Johnson can only do so much. The quarterback in this league, because that's why they get paid so much money, because they
0: touch the ball every play. But non-quarterback he, was he not the best player in the division? Non-quarterback, yeah. I, I,
2: w- I would, I would say so, yes. But when your quarterback turns the ball over like he did in Detroit, it's going to be tough to beat anybody. So now, I mean, you you you're you're a more of an uphill battle, but still, you have to fix Carson Palmer before you can fix and worry about anything else.
1: It would tell me a lot if Arizona's defense struggles with that offense. With with Indy's offense. It Whether would tell it's me a lot Zane about the yeah. preparation. It would tell me a lot about them. Um offensively they did sign Chris Johnson, right? Yeah, but they're, they're, they're gonna starting have Kerwin yeah, Williams. Williams. Yeah. They're gonna have some semblance of a run game. Look, um I give Indy a lot of credit, or at least the interior seven, those two big tackles, uh, they did a pretty good job stuffing up Todd Gurley. They're gonna be tough to move the ball against for just about anybody, but if Arizona really struggles with this team, like I said, that's going to tell us everything we need to know about Arizona.
0: And then the first division game opposite us Sunday: Forty Nine ers zero and one, Seahawks zero and one. Seattle still, guys, doesn't appear to be equipped Boy. to protect Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, that showed at Green Bay, and San Francisco has the defensive weapons to get to him.
2: Well, that's that's called cap, salary cap. When you spend so much money on your defense, and then your quarterback gets paid a, a bunch of money, it's hard. You can't you get you can't protect them. Uh, I. I I still feel like Seattle's going to have the upper hand. I think their defense is better than the San Francisco's, but their Seattle's offense is going to struggle a ton. Um, and with that struggling a ton – uh, you, you have to hope that they can find a running game. We saw Eddie Lacy couldn't do anything. Uh, Chris Carson gave him some some explosive plays late in the game. But uh, Thomas Rawls, it's going to be on him to go out and get this running game jumping. Uh, if they can't do it, it it's going to tell us a lot about them as well.
0: The yeah. silver lining for San Francisco really from their week one loss is that Reuben Foster didn't break his leg. That's He's good. He's some time. Yeah. But yeah. You know, it looked like they made a really smart pick, uh, taking an injury <laughs> risk, and then he gets hurt week one.
1: Yeah, uh, look, I, I think – the the division right now, I wouldn't say it's wide open. I still think it goes through Seattle, even though they're struggling on offense. Um, mm-hmm. That is going to be a tough place to play, For and sure. they're still loaded on defense. Um, I, I think Pete Carroll can win games fourteen to nothing or fourteen to seven uh, by playing lights out defense. And look, even with a battle line, Russell Wilson can still scramble with the best of them. Um, San Francisco is going to build. Carlos Hyde is playing a lot better than I thought he would. Um, I oh, thought yeah. he wasn't a fit in that offense. Uh, that's wrong. That guy can just—he's a truck. Um, he fits in anybody's offense. Um, but scoring a lot of points for them, I, I wouldn't expect that this early out of that out of that offense. I,
2: I, um, there's a there's a uh, I don't even know if it's a report or kind of the, the the book on Russell Wilson. He starts slow in September and he picks up as the season mm-hmm. goes on. I, but I just don't know how you can do that with this offensive line. This offensive line is not—they don't look like they can—they hold oh, up anything. You're have so to move. yeah, you're gonna have yeah. to do a lot of rollouts, a lot of bootlegs, um, and that's easy to contain if they know that's what's coming.
0: So San Francisco could be 0 2 when we go there next week for yeah. our Thursday night football. Week four has Dallas, and I just noticed the NFL is attempting to accelerate its appeal of that temporary injunction granted by uh, the the Texas court against Ezekiel Elliott. They're trying to accelerate that so that they can get him suspended again, essentially. So we'll see how that plays out over the coming days because there's a chance Ezekiel Elliott may not be on the field. Can they suspend
1: way. some of his offensive line, too? <laughs> that, say, that won't be good for my fantasy
0: team. All right, we'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to seeing you guys at the Coliseum, Washington, and Los Angeles. The Rams have a chance to go to 2-0 and for the first time since 2001. Talk to you on air on ESPN LA 710.